The following message was recorded at Shades Valley Community Church in Homewood, Alabama. For more information and resources from Shades Valley, please visit us at shadesvalley.org. Invite you to open your Bibles to Psalm 119, and we'll start in verse 105. So Psalm 119, verse 105. I told you all last week that I am in the best phase of youth ministry possible. I am in the grandparent phase of youth ministry. Or the only way I'm involved in youth ministry now is when I get invited to speak at something. And so I just go and I play with the kids during the day and then I let somebody else be responsible for everything. It's great. It is the grandparent phase of youth ministry. I got to do that last year at a summer camp. And at that summer camp, I actually talked a fair amount about what we've been talking about throughout uh, the season of Lent, a, a doctrine of the, the word of God. And, and to begin one of the messages, I did this illustration with the students where I got, two, I got two students to volunteer. One of the students was blindfolded and I handed them a Bible. And the other student was told, okay, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to call out different passages of scripture and you've got to direct your blindfolded partner to turn to those passages of Scripture. But you cannot touch them or the Bible, and you cannot talk. Hilarity naturally ensued as they tried to grunt or hum their way through the Bible. Eventually, just in complete exasperation, they declared that what I had asked them to do was impossible. I said, Jonathan, talking's necessary. Words are necessary, to which I said, Exactly. So this morning I want to talk to you about the exact same thing I talked to the students about on that day. This morning I want us to aim to see that this word, God's word, is necessary. What do, what do I mean by that? So throughout our Lenten series entitled Not by Bread Alone, we've talked about what we believe about this book, about this word. We've talked about its reliability. We've talked about its clarity, we've, we've talked about its authority, and perhaps in hearing about all of those things, you've thought something to yourself like, Jonathan, all of that is great, but what does any of that have to do with me? Like, my life is going fine. Things are running smooth. I'm doing pretty good. Like, the Bible may be reliable, clear, and authoritative, but I don't feel like I even need it. Sure, it may be God's word, but it doesn't feel like it's a word that I really need because life is great. But here's the deal, Shades. In reality, without this word, I don't care how, life great, how, how great life seems to be going. In reality, without this word, we are like that student that I blindfolded. As she was trying to find her way around the Bible. She was lost and unable to see where she was, where she needed to be or how to get there. That's what we are like without the word. Lost, unable to see accurately where we are, where we need to be, and how to get there. We'll never see any of those things without the word. The word is necessary. And so this morning, I want us to collectively take off our blindfolds and see that. See the necessary word, like the psalmist does in our passage. Psalm 119, start with me in verse 105. We're going to read through verse 112. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I've sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. I'm severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my freewill offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. I hold my life in my hand continually. 
but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. So we don't know exactly what situation the psalmist is in, but clearly it's one where he's severely afflicted. I mean, he gives us some general things. The wicked, whoever they are, wicked people have laid a snare for him, set a, set a trap. And it's of such a nature that he feels like he's holding his very life in his hands. And yet, here's the deal. Like, like amidst such affliction, what does the psalmist do? Not anything that would come to my mind is the first thing to do. What he does amidst that kind of affliction is he swears an oath to keep God's word. He offers praise according to the word. He's still longing to be taught the word. He's making sure that he doesn't stray from or forget the word. He's inclining his ear to it. My question is why? Like amidst affliction, amidst what's most likely the the most difficult thing that the psalmist has ever experienced in his life, like why is he so focused on the word? He tells us right at the very beginning. Look again at verse 105. God's word is a lamp to his feet and a light to his path. In other words, for the psalmist, he sees God's word as the very thing he needs in order to light his way through whatever darkness it is that he's facing. He believes that God's word is necessary, necessary for him to be able to follow God, to be able to honor God, to be able to live his life or die for God in this and in every situation. And so he prays, God, by your word, light the way. Like, this is where I am. This is what's going on. I'm afflicted, trap laid. I don't know what to do. And there's only one thing that can show me the way through, your word. Light the way. It's the only lamp to serve as a light to my feet and my path. It is the absolutely necessary lamp. And not just for his life. Shades, I I posit it's the absolutely necessary lamp for yours and mine. The word is necessary, the necessary light for our lives. I think we can see that in three ways. Three ways, very quickly. Number one, the word is necessary to see where we are. The word is necessary to see where we are. How do people determine like where they are? Like in other words, how they're doing in life. Like when you ask someone how things are going, what, what are they taking into account in order to determine where they are, how things are? I think a lot of us look at our circumstances. If we feel like things are going well, then we're good. If we feel like things are going poorly, then not so great. Or maybe if we take a little bit longer to, to sink down into it, we'll start to think and reflect on ourselves, like our own character. If I feel like I'm a pretty good person, then life's going pretty well. If I feel like I'm lacking, then maybe not so much. You'll notice the consistent word through all of this is feel. Like for a lot of us, I think it is very natural when I'm asked how I'm doing, what I use, what I base that on is my my feelings. Whether or not I feel like things are going well or whether or not I feel like I'm a good person. And what are those feelings rooted in? Well, they're rooted in what I'm experiencing. 
If I'm experiencing things that are good, job promotion, healthy relationships, then I'm going to feel like I'm doing well. Or if I feel like I'm a good person, it's based on my experience because I see truly bad people who are out there and I'm not like that. Most people base where they are in life off of their feelings and experiences. And please hear me, Shades. Feelings and experiences are not bad things in and of themselves. They are important and valuable things. But are they the thing? Are they enough to know really where we are? Or do they just provide us with a guess and a, a hunch? In order, in order to know where we truly are, we need someone outside of ourselves who can see our true situation in its totality. And we need them to tell us. It's just, just like that blindfolded student I talked about. Like They need a word to tell them where they are in that Bible I've got them flipping through. So do we. We need a word. The word is necessary. We need God's word. He's the one outside of ourselves who can see and assess our situation in its totality. We need God's word to know where we are. God's word tells us we can't know that on our own because we're blind. Not just blind, we're dead. Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2 and verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world. Here's where you are. Following whatever path in life, wherever your feelings and experiences take you, following the course of this world. Here's reality of what that actually is and what that looks like. Following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. Doing what we thought felt good based upon our feelings, our experiences. This is how we all lived. But here's the reality of the situation. God says, and we were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That's where we all are in life before encountering Christ. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter how good we feel like things are going. It doesn't matter how good we feel we are. It doesn't matter like if all of our experiences are awesome. We cannot see the reality that we are in a grave. Like spiritually dead because of sin, living in rejection of God, deserving to have him reject us in wrath. That's reality. And we cannot see it, not without the word, because the word is necessary to see where we are. But that is not the only way that the word is necessary. Number two, the word is necessary to see where we need to be. The word is necessary to see where we need to be. So uh, one summer night when I was 13 years old, my older sister and I decided to play catch, yes, in the dark, because we were geniuses. Uh, we turned on the lights, we had floodlights, we turned those on, which put out enough light for me to barely see my feet. Like, I could see where I was. The problem was, I could not see where my glove needed to be. And yeah, it took, uh, it took all of one throw, and the next thing I remember was icing my black eye um, I needed a better source of light, like the sun. 
or stadium lighting. There's a reason for that, I guess. I needed something meant to help me see where my glove needed to be. Beloved, this is why the word is necessary. Because it not only reveals where we actually are in life, it reveals where we need to be. This word reveals why we were created, what what we were created for. It reveals how that purpose can be restored. Everybody lives their lives seeking these kinds of things. We all live seeking purpose, meaning. We want to matter. For those of you who Enneagram, I'm in Enneagram 4. This is at the heart of every single bit of existential angst I experience, which if you know anything about Enneagram 4, I live in existential angst. You know, can all feel sorry for my wife and pray for her. But this is, this is at the heart of, of what keeps me awake at night. Do I matter? It's anything I do, I want to matter. Everybody pursues these kinds of things. The pursuit of these things has been given a name throughout human history. We call it philosophy. Philosophy is our best effort of using the power of the human mind, logic, reason, to try and figure out what is life about. Philosophy, philo, sophos, the love of wisdom, the love of living well. What, what does life mean? How should we be living? What should all of my life and my efforts be aimed at in order for me to be able to have purpose and meaning? In other, in other words, where should we be going? And here... Here's the crazy thing. If any of you study philosophy, or even if you don't, go back. Read the greats. Read the great ancient Greek philosophers. Socrates, Plato, Aristotle. Here's the crazy thing. You read those guys, they get impressively close to truth a lot. Even when they talk about things like God. Like they... They are able to use their mind to get impressively close to the truth. But here's the deal. No no matter how great their minds, no matter how tight their logic, how sound their reasoning, they always come up short. And do you know why? Because the word is necessary to see where we need to be. And where we need to be is with Christ. The The word reveals that we were created for true life, Enjoying God in all of his glory. It also reveals what happened for us to land where we are. Our first parents sinned. They decided that they knew where they needed to be. They knew what needed to be the trajectory of their lives. They could decide for themselves what was good, what was not, what to pursue based upon their feelings and their experiences. As we read just a second ago in Ephesians chapter 2, when they sinned, rebelled, they were condemned, spiritually dead, and that left all of us as their children, spiritually dead, children of wrath by nature. But the story doesn't end there. Ephesians 2 doesn't end there. God did not allow our story to end in rejection. No, our story continues on in redemption. Listen to how Ephesians 2 keeps going. We were, past tense, we were children of wrath, by nature, like the rest of mankind. Verse four, but by now, if you've been at Shades for any amount of time, you should know what I'm gonna say after that. That is a glorious gospel conjunction. 
We were children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. With Christ. That's where we need to be. God took on flesh. Jesus Christ lived the perfect life that none of us could live, took on the wrath that our sin deserved, died our death in our place, and rose that we may have true life in him. That's where we need to be with Christ. That's where we find true life, the life that we were created for, the life that every last one of us longs for with meaning and purpose and mattering. The joy that we seek in anything and everything else, Shades, is just an echo of our deepest longing and desire for ultimate joy that can only be known in Jesus. That's where we need to be. And there's no way of knowing that without the word. It is it is. The light that shows us where we are and where we need to be. It is the light that is necessary. Word is necessary to see where we are, where we need to be. And finally, number three. Number three, the word is necessary to see how to get there. The word is necessary to see how to get there. So when I was growing up in Albany, Georgia, um, we would travel to Texas a couple of times a year because that's where that's where I was born. That's where my aunts, uncles, grandparents, all extended family lived in Texas. And I was allowed to sit in the front passenger seat if I was willing to serve as the navigator for my dad using our atlas. For everyone who is younger than me, an atlas is a book, a big book, full of these things called maps, uh, like printed on paper. Um, and in the front of the atlas, there was uh, a huge map of the entire United States. And I could look at that big map of the U.S., and I could see generally where we were in Georgia and generally where we needed to be in Texas. But on that big map, I could not see specifically how to get there. For that... I had to flip. All the states were in alphabetical order, so I had to flip to the Georgia map and then eventually to the Alabama map and then to Mississippi and then to Louisiana and then eventually to Texas in order to not just see generally but specifically what roads we had to take to get to where we needed to go. I don't know if you remember last week we talked about the difference between general revelation and special, specific revelation. General revelation is truth of God. It is generally available to all people through creation itself. If you look around at just creation, generally most people will come to some kind of general conclusion about where we are. Usually it's something along the lines of we are in a place that's broken. Something is Wrong. Things are not the way they are supposed to be. And almost all people recognize that there is a place that we need to be. There are wrongs that need to be righted. If we dip into every other religion in the world, it's going to recognize that the place we need to be is probably closer to the God or gods or whoever that created this whole thing. 
people are able to see those kinds of things generally. Something's wrong, and there's somewhere we need to be where things are made right. But how do we get from point A to to B? Even if you're able to see generally where we are, generally where we need to be, can you see specifically how to, how to get there? Religions around the world will do the best they can to come up with the best plan they can. How do we get from brokenness to wholeness? Well, maybe it's through some sort of system of sacrifices. Maybe it's through some sort of system of ascetic practices. Maybe it's through good works. Shades, do you see general revelation? What I'm trying to show you is general revelation is not enough. Special revelation is necessary. We need to see specifically, not just where we are, not just where we need to be, but how to get there. This word is necessary for us to see that Jesus is the way to the Father. And specifically, it shows us that we don't have to work our way to get to him. No, he has done the work to get to us, and we receive what he has done by faith. We believe in him, trust in Christ, treasure him. How do we get to where we need to be? Believe. Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. You hear the heart of Paul right there. He's saying the word is necessary. Yes, necessary for people to see where they are, dead in sin. Necessary for people to see where they need to be, alive in Christ. But also necessary to see how to get there. Believe, faith in Jesus. Shades, do you see? Do you believe that this word is necessary? Do not rely merely on your feelings and experience to tell you where you are in life. See where you are through the lens of this word. It's necessary. Do not rely on this world to give you a reliable trajectory in life of where you need to be. Don't let the culture aim the meaning and purpose of what you're pursuing. This word is necessary to see where our lives are to be aimed. And shades, this word is necessary to see how to get there. And it's so counterintuitive to anything we would ever come up with because the way to get there is the way of the gospel. It's not a way in which you work to get from where you are to where you need to be. It's a way that you receive. Do you see this word is necessary? And I pray we see our need for it so that we consume it, so that we see ultimately more of Jesus, the one who we really need.